again to another episode of mike mike and oscar and oscar race checkpoint as we are here in the middle of december the year is almost at a close and we are closing in on 2021's film year in total setting the stage finally and officially for oscars 2022 we thought what better time than to kind of go up and down the gambling landscape the awards landscape we have nominations to talk about we have odds to talk about and we have money to hopefully win but most likely lose to talk about <laughs> i am your co-host mike one co-host also mike we have a special co-host as well, Michael, with us today. Yeah, I'm very excited to bring back for his third time on the show. We did uh, an Oscar race checkpoint. I think I believe it was his first time talking about the gambling mm. odds uh, for for last season. And then we brought him back this uh, you know blockbuster season for No Time to Die. Mm. That was a big hit episode for us. So, Mister Box Office uh, in terms of uh, <laughs> clicks. Uh, also, mom's favorite guest, by the way, uh, David Long. Sorry to all our other guests, but you're not on his level. She talked to him about, uh, or she, he talked to her about Spencer. You really, you know, playing to the home team here, David. So, absolutely had to have you back, critic, pundit host of Is It Worth It, the film review podcast with with uh, Craig, our buddy, as well. Welcome back, David Long. Um, Mike one and also Mike I am absolutely delighted to be here talking Oscars and most importantly talking those betting lines <laughs> we've got money to win we've got wallets to empty we've got wheelbarrows of cash that we can't wait to lose oh I'm excited I, I, I plan on waking up with a baseball bat to some appendage after the end of uh, we can't, we're having David on is dangerous for like my lifeblood I think because he's a responsible gambler and I'm just like a total degenerate but I'm excited uh, to have well. you here bud uh, yeah, and that's that's what the episode we're giving you guys today. Uh, the the Critics' Choice noms are out, the Golden Globes noms are out, and the Indie Spirits noms are out as well. So we're going to kind of take the major categories, the biggest categories, we're going to lay them out, we're going to tell you what those noms had in store for them, and then we're going to get into a conversation about what Vegas thinks of those odds leading into the Oscars picture before, obviously, we get the winners of those categories for those respective shows. So, uh, Mike, we want to talk about some crossover odds to start with some of these categories. Yeah, crossover stats. I did a few just for the uh, first four categories, but in the last 10 years, 87 of the past 96 Best Picture Oscar nominees were first nominated for Best Film at the Critics' Choice. That is 90.6%. So it is a very strong crossover. Mm. In terms of the Globes, uh, we have in the past 12 years, because I did this stat five, two years ago, by the way, <laughs> last year I didn't do it for whatever reason, so I was able to do 12 years on this stat, only six Globe Drama noms have not been nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, that's 55 out of 61, that's 90%, again, so two very strong crossovers, it dips off in the comedy or musical categories, only 20 out of the last 60 selections in those 12 years went on from the Globe Comedy or Musical category to the Oscars Best Picture category. That is a measly 33%. So this is why we had Bo Rap and A Star is Born and everything going to the Globe Drama category. I don't know if we have that this year. 
that allowed other than Coda. So let's get into it and let's talk about what was nominated at the Globe Drama Best Picture category. And uh, coincidentally, all five films that made that category with the HFPA uh, also were nominated for Best Picture at the Critics' Choice as well, Michael. Yeah, I think I want to mention the gambling odds, a little resume stuff, and of course these nominations as I go through them. We'll set David up to talk gambling, Mike to talk gambling, and guys, in the pre-show conversation, they were starting to teach me how to gamble. So two (laughs) devils on the shoulders. It took five years, (laughs) but I really want to do it this time. I don't know. Maybe the audience will will try and save me after the fact, but I'm getting intrigued. I got to do it. I don't want to be in touch with Mike's bookie, but I want to be in touch (laughs) with... I guess, like, I, I'm feeling like we could do this. Like, we could hit. We This could work. That's how it starts. We're going to win. That's how it starts. We're all going to be rich. <laughs> We're all going to get laid. We're all going to be We're rich. All gonna it's happening. Laid. All right. Belfast. Belfast has the best odds of these Globe Drama nominees. Three to one. They've been as short as two to one, David found. Belfast is the MBR winner. 11 choice noms overall. Feinberg's number one on best picture. So Belfast, the power of the dog, has the next best odds here. Six to one. Been as short as five to two. AFI selection. Ten choice noms overall. Feinberg's number four. We have uh, Dune, number three there. 16 to one. NBR, AFI, 10 choice noms overall. A lot of those are are crafts that we'll talk about really in our next Oscar race checkpoint, by the way. We're going to focus on the main categories today. King Richard, 17 to 1. NBR, AFI, 6 choice noms. Feinberg's number 3, King Richard. That's 4 out of the 5. And the 5th was a really cool selection by the Golden Globes. In the drama category, I thought they could have went musical category for this, but Coda, 33 to 1. It was mentioned in NBR, guys, but it didn't get an NBR top 10. It was mentioned in the top indies category there at NBR Coda. AFI, four choice noms overall. And yes, Mr. Feinberg has Coda in the top 10 for best picture. So, David, of those nominees, of those betting odds that I mentioned, what do you like? What do you not like? Where do you like the odds? What are you going to put some money on out of these Globe dramas? Well, first thing to say is I'm absolutely delighted to see Coda get a nomination here. Like, that was one of my favorite films of the year. I thought it was... I'm dead inside, Mike. I'm, or Mike's, I'm a dead human being. I'm a degenerate gambler. And, and Coda really, really touched me, got me a bit teared up. So I think Coda would be very, very happy to get into the Oscars 10. Um, but in, t- in terms of the betting odds, look, if you're a fan of Belfast, Belfast is now as short as two to one. This has seen substantial market support over the last few weeks. The best price you can get here in the UK is three to one. And look, if you're a Belfast fan, that that is only going to shorten up. Hmm. So for me, it's not necessarily where my money would go for best picture. I'll talk about that later in the show. But I think Belfast, that three to one is a, is a fair price. It's a fair price. It is a fair price, and it might be, like you're kind of hinting at, this might be the last chance that you can get value out of Belfast, too, because that's been Mm. the front-runner, and it's kind of sustained its momentum, and we're going to talk about West Side Story in a second, which went from, like, blowing up this picture to all of a sudden, in 24 hours, kind of taking a back seat, which I I don't know what the hell's going on with West Side Story. I'd like to think that Mike and I Mm. skewered it, and that's all that it took for Hollywood to listen, (laughs) but no, uh, it's my ego talking. I think Coda is happy to be here in terms of the golden globes Mm. nominations i if one of these five isn't going to make the best picture field at the oscars i would think it would be coda and i'm glad to see the vegas odds shake that out as well 33 to 1 is a pretty decent long shot 
My question looking at these drama five is what the hell is WB going to do? Because mm. King Richard and Dune, they can't be thrilled that those two movies, which are their two power players for the awards season, are that far back. I mean, anything beyond 15 to 1 is considered kind of a long shot. And you have Dune at 16 to 1, King Richard 17 to 1. King Richard, you would think, is going to be a not a lock, but it's at least a front runner, at least one acting category right now. Dune, you would think, is going to be winning a couple above the or below the line categories, excuse me. So where does WB put their money if they really want to push one of these for best picture? Are you easier riding the coattails of the acting branch or are you trying to woo the below the line category? Uh, that kind of sticks out to me. As far as uh, the other big studio here that we're going to mention, The Power of the Dog seems to be making its case for Netflix to put all its weight behind it, and that's going to be Netflix's kind of uh, mm. best picture choice, let's say. I am fascinated by both these analyses because on the one hand, I would like to sprinkle at some point. And when I sprinkle, <laughs> I've learned this terminology, put a little money, maybe on one of these, uh, taking advantage of some odds or two. And, and I do think like King Richard at 17 to one, like King Richard might be something where the field comes back to it. Dune always was intriguing because of the reception, Mike. And, Dune was something where I was like, all right, industry support is available at the festivals, and my God, did they love it at the festivals. Mm -hmm. Same with King Richard. Coda is something that when we reviewed it, I was like, this feels like a Best Picture winner of yesteryears. Just the type of movie it was. It was just this feel-good, beautiful story that everybody can get behind. And I said it, if it was in it, it might win it. And maybe that's an indie Mm. spirit thing, obviously, But I do think Coda has ability to be beloved towards the end of the season. Could it be a shocking pick at the end of the day? Again, I'm tempted to sprinkle is all I'm saying. Those three, (laughs) those odds are so nice that the fact, you know, like King Richard is a movie that nobody objects to. And and those Mm. unobjectable movies, unobjectionable movies, typically get play at at least the best picture level in a, you know, preferential balloted you know, category, right? I, David, any response to that or am I crazy? I mean, all I would say is that Coda's 33 to 1, King Richard is 17 to 1 for a reason. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So th- th- trust me, those odds are tempting, but that's what they're there to do, Mike. Vegas is trying to suck <laughs> you in and get you to sprinkle. What I would say is you had a fantastic guest on um, a couple of episodes ago, Amy Smith. Yes. And I know she's she's really hot on King Richard for Best Picture. And look, King Richard for me, would be a crowd pleaser. You've obviously got Will Smith in in, in, the, in the front running position in actor, but also King Richard has a tremendous cast. So I think if King Richard could get something like a SAG Ensemble nomination and maybe do well at the SAGs, yeah. then maybe you'll see those, those odds come down. So I wouldn't rule King Richard out, but it is 17 to 1 for a reason. I think you can make that same argument about the SAG possibility for Power of the Dog too, which currently sits at mm. overall the second best odds, not only in the drama category but of both drama and comedy or musical i look the, the odds are saying this is a, a four movie race right now uh and we're mm-hmm. going to get to it's actually two from the drama category and two from uh comedy or musical david made the point in the pre-show that where he would place money is coming up in the comedy musical i tend to agree with him if you're t- kind of looking for something that's outside 10 to 1 with decent odds i don't know that it would be king richard even though 
I don't hate that idea because as far as, I mean, from where I sit, that's got one of the acting, the lead acting categories on lock. I still think lead actor is going to be an inevitable coronation for Will Smith. I haven't been swayed off that. And maybe it wins supporting actress too. So we know the acting mm. branch is the biggest one. Maybe it does have all kinds of support. It is accessible. There's everybody's seen it on HBO Max or in theaters. Everybody loves Will Smith. Everybody loves Andre New Ellis. But yeah, 17 to 1 is 17 to 1 for a reason. I agree. Uh, if you're looking for something that's not the favorite, if you don't want to bet on Belfast out of this, I think I would say Power of the Dog. But I think the uh, the wiser money, the longer shot is coming up in comedy or musical, Mike. I don't have a comp, uh, a comparison for Belfast yet in my brain, mm. even though the King's speech is kind of, I'm getting there on it. Mm. But the Power of the Dog, I have a very clear comp in my brain. And that's No Country for Old Men. It just feels like the same. Like if the power of the dog would win, it would feel like a no country for old men win at the end of the day. But I'm not I'm not there yet. Uh, All right. Let's move on to the comedy or musical noms. Four of the five made it into the uh, uh, four of the five globe comedy or musical noms made it into this choice best picture 10 west side story has the best odds of these four movies at four to one like you're saying it's one of these four movies that are in that race mike nbr afi even as a late breaker still got into both of those bodies which i thought was a big deal 11 critics choice noms for west side story so all the way down the card feinberg moved it down one from his number one pick to his number two in best picture uh but west side story still very strong we have licorice pizza 11 to one odds fascinating number there like you were saying mike nbr pick not oh yes an afi pick but an nbr number one pick so that was a big win for that was a surprise too eight critics choice noms for pizza five on the feinberg forecast we have uh don't look up 33 to 1 odds nbr and afi picked it six critics choice noms overall in feinberg's 10 at number eight and tick tick boom 40 to 1 afi not an nbr choice but afi for tick tick boom two critics choice noms overall really did not play well down the card just garfield and picture otherwise feinberg's seventh so david out of those four, we we're getting a nine out of the ten, uh, Cyrano and Nightmare Alley are coming. But out of those four, what do you like? What do you not like with those odds? Well, I just want to slightly divert and say I've noticed something in the nominations for the Critics' Choice, and it does lead into Best Picture, and that's the Best Editing category. Ooh. And in editing, you've got West Side Story, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, and Dune. And in my opinion, looking at those Best Editing noms, those are the five frontrunners for Best Picture, mm-hmm. and Vegas would tend mm-hmm. to agree. Good now, we were, we, were talk- we were talking in the pre-show uh, a little bit about where my money would go and the simple answer is licorice pizza at 11 to 1 it absolutely fascinates me and i'll tell you why i can find reasons for belfast not winning best picture i can find reasons for the power of the dog and if you listen to mike mike and oscar's last episode we can definitely find reasons for west side story not winning (laughs) so don't don't get me wrong these these films are setting a high standard but i think licorice pizza can surpass that i haven't seen it and that's the gambler in me i want to bet blind but <laughs> i th- 
I do genuinely believe, looking at those editing noms, and the editing noms of the Oscars are going to be key, they're the five front runners. I don't think Dune can win Best Picture. I really don't. So that leaves four. And of those four, I've seen three of them, and having seen them, I just feel that they're a little bit vulnerable. So for me, Licorice Pizza, 11 to 1, I think is a very interesting play. I, I took the words out of my mouth, and I completely agree, and I was agreeing with you even when you brought that up in the pre-show. I, I don't... I mean, outside of Licorice Pizza, I guess if you want to get cute, you could start to see West Side Story's odds get a little longer if you want to play the waiting game, and maybe you can get that around 6-1 to or 7-1 to if Power of the Dog officially jumps mm-hmm. it. But yeah, like I said when we were talking about the drama category, it's it's West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, Belfast, and Power of the Dog right now. Those are the four that are inside 15-1, to and Licorice Pizza is the only one of those that's above 10-1 to or even 6-1 to for that matter. Uh, it, that, that seems to be the four that Vegas is kind of saying are in the lead as far as elsewhere in this category i'm surprised don't look up has the same odds as coda i'm more surprised that tick tick boom for all the fanfare it's gotten has even longer odds than coda and don't look up at 40 to 1 that makes me i mean how sure are we that tick tick boom is long for this field for this best best picture tenure only two noms at the Choice Awards overall for Tick, Tick, Boom was a real surprise to me. I thought it was going to do better mm. down the card. I thought it, the production values were pretty darn high. The, who, the Jesus is getting disrespected, too, by the way, in supporting actors. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. That is a bummer. He didn't show yeah. up. Uh, all right. I, I like your guys' takes on that. Licorice Pizza is a, is a hope for my rest of the year. West Side Story, that's fascinating that you would actually wait and then – uh, lose your money on the West Side Story, I mean, but, Mike. But that even, would be if you're waiting those odds shortened, don't bet it. Because <laughs> West, yeah. don't no, don't support West Side Story. Period. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Don't Look Up. I don't think it's winning Best Picture. That's all I'll say. I'll tease our review for later. I think Mike and I are going to tackle that down the line. Mm. But all right, so that's nine mm. of the ten uh, that we're talking about today in terms of Best Picture up front. The Globe Comedy or Musical fifth was Cyrano, and Cyrano's odds are 100 to 1, which is crazy. Uh, for something that's getting nominations at Best Picture and winning in Detroit, Feinberg's 21st pick, which is kind of surprising mm. to me there, and, and a red flag for certain. The choice 10th Best Picture nominee, or Best Film rather, is Nightmare Alley. And Nightmare Alley's odds are 16 to 1. This is an MBR and an AFI selection. Eight choice noms overall got some success down the card for Guillermo del Toro's latest that Mike and I are going to review Feinberg's 11th so on the outside looking in for Feinberg but those two guys David Cyrano any like would you sprinkle 10 bucks would you sprinkle 10 bucks on Cyrano how about Nightmare Alley I think Cyrano the odds work out like this if you bet 10 bucks you lose 10 bucks those Those are the odds on Cyrano. No, look, I mean, I I haven't seen it yet. I saw a trailer for it um, in in the cinema the other day. I think it looks fantastic. Peter Peter Dinklage is like a not a, an icon or a hero of mine. I don't know how to describe it. He's a great actor, so he's mm. interesting actually in the acting category. But yeah. no, I I I just don't think you can you can justify betting Cyrano to win Best Picture at a hundred to one. And as for Nightmare Alley at sixteen to one, I had hopes for this film. I had high hopes for this film but the the initial reception if i'm correct has been a little bit mixed and that has sort of dampened my enthusiasm on nightmare alley at 16 to 1 um and just going back to what you were talking about earlier 
in terms of tick, tick, boom, uh, I actually think that's going to miss out on a Best Picture nomination. Um, mm. I, I, I don't think that's going to get into the 10. That's just my opinion. Um, but that, that's where I'm at with, uh, with this selection at the moment. Yeah, that would not surprise me, taking the last part of what you said about tick, tick, boom. As far as, I mean... Yeah, I like that you say $10 risk on Cyrano is $10 loss. Cyrano and, 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 and Nightmare Alley aren't going to win Best Picture, but like if you want to talk yourself into that game, you can at least see the path. I mean, Cyrano, I actually think, without looking down the document, I'm pretty sure Dinklage and Bradley Cooper are pretty similar odds for a lead actor, if I'm remembering right, and I think they're both inside yeah. 20 to 1. So, yep. like, you could see that path, that would need to break right, and then you need to pick up a couple things below the line for, like, production design, mm-hmm. and, like, there's a world, I guess, in which everything breaks right for one of those, and you end up cashing 100 to 1 on Sierra winning Best Picture, but <laughs> if you do that, you shouldn't be in this business, you should just be playing the lottery anyway, you know? <laughs> I just want to sprinkle, and I want one of the sprinkles to come out and and just win. Me you so want your Rosamund Pike that, moment? I know, yeah, oh, I know. Yes. I want that moment. You had that moment. Why can't I have that moment? Oh, All right, well, that, that's where let's, I love this now because now we're going to talk about kind of the next wave, the next tier of movies and movies that have shown up on our list the last few Oscar race checkpoints. So let's look at NBR for a second. The Last Duel, Red Rocket, they're both. In the MBR 10s, we had no Tick, Tick, Boom, no Power of the Dog, no Coda, and we had three substitutions, Last Duel, Red Rocket, and The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is included in both lists, MBR and AFI. Tragedy of Macbeth is at 25 to 1 odds. Only two choice noms, though, for The Tragedy of Macbeth, Cinematography and Denzel Washington. Feinberg's number 16, so let's just put a pin in that. I'm going to keep going down this list. AFI... No Belfast, but Belfast won another award, FYI. No Cyrano, but yes, Tragedy of Macbeth and Nightmare Alley. Other, you know, otherwise, you had the usual suspects in AFI's list. There's Indie Spirits. Here's what, where the Indie Spirits factor in and get interesting. The Lost Daughters at the Indie Spirits. Come on, come on, which we have not talked about yet until now, is in the Indie Spirits. That's I where I, on, if I, instead of Cyrano, I would... I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, Mike Mills, I would, if you're going to do Mills. a super duper long shot like that, I think you're better off doing come on, come on, even though uh, much like I might start saying that just every episode, David, $10 bet on that might be $10 lost again. I really <laughs> like that saying. Well, let's mention these long shots now, because the Indie Spirit 5 is fascinating to me. The Lost Daughter, Gotham winner, Spirit, best feature nominee, come on, come on. Akiara, the Italian movie that I can't wait to see, by the way. I missed it at the festival. I want to see it. I love The Novice. Mike and I, you, we, we reviewed Zola, which is a cool pick there. Being the Ricardos, House of Gucci and Spencer are the other three that we want to draw attention to their odds because they did not show up. They're on the outside of looking in in terms of the Critics' Choice Best Picture categories here. Three choice noms for Being the Ricardo, four for Gucci, two only for Spencer. Those are disappointing showings at the critics choice so here are their odds come on come on 80 to 1 coming off the spirit bad or good odds i guess how you look <laughs> at it. being there being the ricardo 66 to 1 house of gucci 50 to 1 spencer 50 to 1 and i'll go back to the tragedy of Macbeth, 25 to 1 david of these long shots all that we mentioned are you holding out for the lost daughter to get some odds are you thinking at that any of these are worth sprinkling anything at all House of Gucci to win all yes. the Oscars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now we're cooking with gas. 
<laughs> Real Why gas. would you say that? No, I, I just have to say, guys, I at the literally the day after the Oscars last year, I went straight online and looked up the betting odds, and I got on House of Gucci at 25 to 1 to win Best Picture. Not a huge amount, but a, a little sprinkle. Um, I, was, I was confident, you know, looking at the cast, the director, the style of the film, but I've got to say, even with my money on it, it's a dead duck. Like, I, 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 I can, you know, we talk about multiple universe theory. Even in a multiple... <laughs> Even in a multiple universe theory, I struggle to see Paolo from House of Gucci going up on the Oscar stage to collect a Best Picture win. Um, so yeah, I mean, being the being the Ricardo sixty six to one that that interests me as a long shot. Um, Spencer, uh, one of my favourite films of the year, obviously saw that at the London Film Festival. We'll talk about Christian Stewart a little yes. bit later. Um, I think Spencer's a tremendous film, but it's a very cinephile, critics, quite mm -hmm. a niche movie. And 50 to 1's a fair price. I can't see Spencer winning. Uh, come on, come on at 80 to 1. Again, I think that's 10 bucks down, 10 bucks lost. Um, of, of those selections, the one that would interest me is being the Ricardos. And I hate to say it, but my House of Gucci bet is down. Gucci's gotten to the point where landing four Critics' Choice noms is like, oh, wow. That might actually yeah. have Oscars legs for like some categories as far as mm. nominations go. But yeah, yeah. I, it's tough to, I mean, it was on paper. It seemed like something that should have been a slam dunk best picture contender. And the fact that yeah, it's not absolutely, it, it, yeah, it is a little sad. Um, you know, I don't think Macbeth has any shot at winning, but the fact that Vegas still treats it, treats it with such respect and that it's got better odds than something like Coda, mm. which made the golden globes field still, I think that's there's something to be said for that. Uh, as far as any other long shot, not for Best Picture, I don't think. I think these are all just kind of, as Bradley Cooper once said in a song, by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many of these odds are for, for the late breakers are still trying to suck you in. Like those, those Macbeth odds, I mean, they probably should make it longer. But if they keep it there, they might suck you in and get you to sprinkle. The narrative for enough. Macbeth is so easy to follow. It's a Cohen, it's Denzel, okay. it's Francis, it's so you a like period it. you piece. Like the odds. I, I mean, I, I understand. And, and like 25 to 1, that's great odds for something with that on paper. But you could say the same thing about House of Gucci. The only difference is more people have seen House of Gucci and they realize it's, mm. you know, a Mario cosplay. <laughs> All right, guys. One final set of long shots before we move on to the next category. Uh, David, you mentioned the French Dispatch, 80 to 1, only two choice noms overall for the French Dispatch. Titan, 80 to 1, the Can Palm Dior winner. We're going to talk about it later on. We got passing, 100 to 1 odds for passing, even though it just did very well at the Women's Film Critics Circle. Best Picture winner there. Four Gotham noms, two Spirit noms. I wanted passing to do better at the Indie Spirits unfortunate annette remember when we did an mm. oscars profile on annette mike let it win why not 100 somebody 100 did the time cover did the person of the year and put baby annette on it and i laughed <laughs> baby so annette i loved it in the heights uh is another one remember when we thought that was winning best picture 150 to one uh, this was david you pointed this out in our notes here an eight to one betting favorite Crazy. just a few months ago yeah so unbelievable that that's moved the way it's moved otherwise i would say not to win but i think to get nominated i wish you could bet on that drive my car two best film wins in the critic circles the new york critic circle and the new york film critic circle that is and the boston film critic society best film overall not best international film best film overall for drive my car flea 
has has two choice noms international animated feature we've been talking about the flea case for a while it's that sounds like it's a uh you know literal bugs crawling on you no we <laughs> talked about flea we all know the red hot chili peppers yeah We've talked about bed bugs. We've talked about the uh, bassist <laughs> for this rock band that we used to listen to. No, I just watched a Big Lebowski last night, by the way, and he is brilliant when he's on the floor <laughs> acting. <laughs> and the guys are chasing. Oh, it's just I love that movie so much. You made me do the presenting today, and I'm just just, just going off on, on like tangents. <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, you're all excited so, to spend money now and maybe win some big odds. <laughs> French Dispatch, Tatan, Passing, Annette, In the Heights, Drive My Car, and Flee. Any of those worth a damn, David? I mean, In the Heights has drifted like a fart in the breeze. <laughs> eight, eight to one. I've got, to, I've got to say, guys, you are. If you have backed, if you have backed In the Heights at eight to one, and it's now one hundred and fifty to one, you're feeling pretty sick. Look, I was a big fan of Annette, and there's definitely, or there was a narrative for for that to be a best picture player, but that again seems to have seems to have uh, vanished. So no, I mean they're they're big odds for a reason. I would I would be sticking to my um my uh, go on licorice pizza at eleven to one. Yeah, I I, I co-signed that and I also it, it does seem like Annette might get that fifth slot for original song, at least according to a lot of people that have that rank. So it'd be funny to watch Billie Eilish and Jay Z and all these powerhouses sing and then get the Sparks brothers singing So May We Start to follow that up on the Oscar <laughs> stage. But other than that, yeah, I wouldn't touch any of these. Got it. All right, let's move on to Best Director. I'm glad we did the big Best Picture discussion. Those are always fun. It was one of the first big ones of the year, so that's cool to have you on for this one, David. Let's move on to Best Director. This will continue to color the Best Picture conversation, of course. Let's talk about some crossover stats. Golden Globe, that Best Director category, it does mean a little something. We've had 33 of the last 50 Oscar noms come out of the Golden Globes. That's a 66% crossover in the last 10 years in terms of the critics choice uh crossover we have uh 37 out of the last 50 that's a 74 percent crossover coming off the critics choice so better choice than the globes in terms of an oscar predictor over the last 10 years but the critics choice also has 65 total nominations to pick from so if you redo the math that's 56.9 percent again it means everything and nothing guys Mm -hmm. Mm. As we know. All right. Let's talk about these betting odds and some resumes real quick out of these Globe and Choice picks. All right. Best odds we have Jane Campion. She is six to four and almost four to six in in some books you have here, David. David, Globe and Choice pick for her. Nine wins so far. Let, Let me just pick her off for a second, David. Do you think she is a heavy, heavy favorite? What do you what do you think about her candidacy right now? I think if you like Jane Campion and you like the power of the dog, then 100% take the six to four. She's odds on four to six in most books now in the UK, meaning that she's gone, you know, a, a heavier, heavier favorite. So that six to four to me looks very, very appealing. That's that's a fair price because she is, without question, the front runner. If you're going to bet on Campion, I would say just bet on power of the dog for best picture. Wow. Because, I mean, it's... If you're going to waste some money, no. I mean, we know picture and director usually go hand in hand in terms of, like, relevance mm-hmm. and, and 
ability to win the best picture category most times anyway argo notwithstanding and those types of movies notwithstanding and it seems like campion's at least a lock for one of the slots here in best director so absolutely if i'm, if I'm gonna well. pay a vig like four to six if i'm gonna be minus 150 i'm gonna have to pay that kind of vig to get the action on it anyway and she's only gonna get shorter and shorter I, I might suggest doing a smaller bet and just trying to get that six to one because i think power of the dog actually might end up shorter in best picture anyway especially yeah. if netflix puts its whole machine behind it yeah but when you say things like this it makes me like it backs me into a corner as a gambler like if i have to you know double down on what whatever if you uh, if double you aces came into this blackjack. episode looking for like sane advice we are two crazy <laughs> people david and i so i don't know what to tell you man <laughs> but i always have to spend more money if this happens i always have to do like that worries me because that like, like these gambling maxims worry me but no, look i get your logic there's logic there it's not west side story there's logic all right <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, he has the uh, next best odds coming from afar at seven to one. He's a Globe and Choice nominee. He's won one. Fine. He's Feinberg's pick overall. Steven Spielberg eight to one. Choice Globe one win thus far in the critic circles. Las Vegas. He's Feinberg's number two. And then let's take the next two guys. We have Denis Villeneuve out of Dune nine to one. Paul Thomas Anderson also nine to one. Paul Thomas Anderson was the MBR winner. Uh, Villeneuve got Choice and Globe. Paul Thomas Anderson only Choice. He did not get Golden Globe, even though he's Feinberg's fifth. I wish choice. Uncut so Gems those... didn't do so well at the NBR because I'm really heartened by <laughs> Licorice Pizza doing so well by the National Board of Review. But all I can think about is Uncut Gems and how they didn't mm. do. And the, the Safties getting yeah. in Critics' Choice, right? So, all right, David, we got four guys contending, four big names in the business. Do you like any of these odds for the win? Do you know if I, you know, we that old saying sort of gun to my head, if I had to have a bet in this category, um, it would be Spielberg at 8-1. to one. I just think that Steven Spielberg is just an absolute god of a man and such a good... F- <laughs> <laughs> such a, such a good maker of film and what mike one said there was absolutely fascinating because if we're thinking that director and picture go hand in hand then mike is absolutely correct forget the 6 to 4 on jane gambian have a go on the power mm. of the dog to win and it's the same with i mean if if we're seriously saying that west side story is a 4 to 1 shot for best picture then spielberg at 8 to yeah. 1 looks looks good value great point great point dave that's a great point, and it infuriates me because I do not want to see that movie win, but it makes all yeah. the sense in the world. You know, I can, I can, I can seriously see that Spielberg line shortening up. I really, really can, um, particularly if he does well in some of the precursors. But this, this West Side Story is just like an avalanche of praise, really, in most places. It's bizarre. So Campion seems fixed in this category, and that yeah. means we have four open slots. And then if you follow the list of odds below campion what do we have six i think i counted six options inside 15 to one right now usually that means the category is going to be a runaway if you have the favorite that entrenched Mm. so if you're picking Mm. a winner i I don't know how you pick against campion unless power the dog falls way the hell off which i can't imagine i mean we know netflix hasn't had the the most success with above the line categories yet but they seem to be pretty well favored for at least this one to do well in some above the line category if not multiple but it's a clustered field, and it's, you know, that doesn't even, I don't even think we have, yeah, we don't have odds for Maggie Gyllenhaal in, in those six uh, below it anyway. So it, it's it's tight, I and mean, this is a tight field to go anywhere. You can find value pretty much anywhere outside of Jane Campion, I would say, but then you're just really hoping against hope that something unforeseen mm. happens. 
Maggie Gyllenhaal is 50 to 1. Sorry, okay. guys, I didn't put that okay. down, but she's okay, 50 good. to 1. That is an intriguing long shot, mm. 50 to 1, because I do think she's got a chance. She got a Globe nom. She's a, the Gotham winner. She's a Spirit nom. Feinberg's number seventh. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's probably like that next possibility in terms of a nomination because he and those three amigos dominated the category for almost five years uh, mm. he's a 14 to one nom or 14 to one odds right now choice pick Feinberg's eighth overall I'm fascinated by the screenplay composition award factor here because we have Jane Campion also entrenched perhaps as the favorite in adapted screenplay. So I wonder if that could be Oscar's puzzle theory for us, Mike, down the line, kind of trying to figure all these things out together. But to me, like, I look at these odds and I don't know how to read them. It's it's a jolt to my system that you say this category is kind of all, these numbers are telling you Campion. And yet the race out at large, yeah, I mean, she's a front runner, but like I'm seeing an open race at, at picture and director for, mm. for the way I'm just reading the movies, I guess. You're not wrong. I mean, yeah, you could, you could see why, but it, it, it does look we're what December, mid December right now. We're waiting on, we're waiting on all these award shows to shake out. And the second place for director, you're getting seven to one. Whereas you have yeah. to pay a vig to put money on the favorite in this category. That's a, at this point in the season, that's a big deal. I think. Anyway. Yeah. So Vegas is telling you. Vegas yeah. is telling you that they don't want people betting on Campion because they think they're going to lose. Yeah. Money I, I would venture. Let me. Let me. I would venture to say we're going to be saying similar things about Kristen Stewart in a minute. Yeah, we are. I. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's even more so with Kristen Stewart. But yeah, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. I don't see any value in. It. I mean, you could on one hand say there's no value, but on the other hand, you could say this is the if you want to bet on Jane Campion in this category, this is the only time you're going to have a reasonable chance to do it. But you're still going to have mm. to pay money out of your pocket to get a piece of the action. Mm. So Maggie Gyllenhaal fifty to one, Guillermo del Toro fourteen to one, Ridley Scott is twenty to one. He did not show up at Choice or Globe. Adam McKay is thirty three to one. Again, no Best Director nom for him last week. And Joe Cohen, Tragedy of Macbeth. Those are the other ones we've listed kind of in the conversation. David, any of those possibilities seem remotely usable, bettable for you? I've got to say, Ridley Scott at twenty to one baffles me. I think that should be more like a hundred to one. I, that I, movie's I, got fucking momentum, man. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how, but that that movie's got momentum. Wow! T- Can you imagine? <sighs> I I Can just you imagine if he went. Uh, well, that would. Good lord. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I'm not against it. Like I'm behind Gucci financially. Like I want to see it. Right. But, right. But, but for, but for me, like Ridley Scott at twenty to one, that's too short. Joel Cohen at thirty three to one is interesting. Um, again, we talk about a narrative. You know, there there is definitely a narrative where the tragedy of Macbeth can do well, and Joel Cohen could do well. So he's interesting at thirty three to one. And to pick up on something Mike said, I wish you could bet on films being nom- uh, either films or directors or stuff being nominated. Because if you could bet on stuff being nominated, it would be a fascinating market. And and that's the uh, the next presentation here because I wish I wish I could bet on like a uh, Mike Mills as a long shot for instance he's one of the you know indie spirit noms uh, we had Janique Sabravo of Zola Maggie Gyllenhaal of The Lost Daughter Lauren Hathaway yes I love this indie spirit 
five and and Ninja Thyberg of Pleasure. Ninja Thyberg is a name that should direct a movie called Pleasure, and I can't wait to see it. I have not seen the, that one, but I've seen the other four. That's a Hall and I'm of a Fame fan. name right there, Ninja Thyberg. <laughs> awesome name, name Hall of Fame. Absolutely angry at my well, parents look, guys, right now for naming me Mike. Could have named me Ninja. <laughs> look, if you could get odds, if you could get odds betting the best director five, you can. Mm. Pick a long shot, and it could come through. Yeah. We had Thomas Vinterberg show up last year out of nowhere. We had uh, Paul Akowski of Cold War show up out of nowhere. Those are two recent uh, you know, Oscar nom surprises in the Best Director category of the last three years. Oscar Ferhati of A Hero is Feinberg's number six. We have Ronaldo Marcus Green of King Richard. He's Feinberg's nine. Rusuke Hamaguchi of Drive My Car. He won the Boston Society of Film critics best director award and then paolo sorrentino of the hand of god feinberg's number 10 i can't reasonably say we got to find odds for these guys to win Mm. but yeah i I mean bookies need to take bets on nominations i I agree any of these guys yeah Uh, any of these guys intrigue you going forward With uh, do you know what, Mike? Without the odds, nothing intrigues me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I think the reason that the bookies don't take um, bets on nominations is for that exact reason, because we get locked nominations early. They could get hammered, mm. and we do get those surprises. But no, I'll be honest, in, in, those, in those ones, no, none really uh, stand out to me, if, if, if I'm brutally honest. Yeah, the odds would be jarring, too. Camping for yeah. a nomination would be like a minus 800 right now. Nobody yeah, would even bother. Huge. I'll tell you what, Farhadi and Hamaguchi intrigued me as that fifth nom. I'll tell you guys that much. I mean, Duker now would have been my pick from Tatan for from a while back, but if not Mills, I'm look. I'm feeling momentum for Farhadi and Hamaguchi. Is King Richard not the most accessible out of any of those films, though? Like literally totally, and but, figuratively accessible yeah. because mm, people, yeah. people can just turn on HBO Max and get to it if they wanted to. That wouldn't shock me to see Reynaldo Marcus Green make a little noise, but I've been waiting on that movie to be more accepted and taken more seriously in other categories. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I want to re-echo what Dave said before about uh, Ridley Scott, though. Like, there's, I agree completely. Ridley Scott should be like a billion to one right. There's, I, there's something inexplicable <laughs> going on, and it leads into the next category too with lead actress. House of Gucci is mm. getting more respect. Again, and I don't, Yeah, I mean, maybe Vegas is just trying to lure people in because they know it was a box office boon. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it otherwise. Well, Gaga did show up to both. And yeah, let's move into lead actress now. A uh, quick crossover on the Critics' Choice Two Oscar noms. We have 46 of the last 50 Oscar nominees and lead actress. They were first nominated at the Critics' Choice. That is a whopping 92% crossover. Again, if you recalculate the numbers it took 63 total noms because they have six seven sometimes eight nominees at the critics choice awards to get those 46 so that would be a 73 percent crossover if you recalculate those numbers but 92 percent. i mean you're going to have a lot of critics choice nominees getting nominated at the oscars this is going to be a similar field so let's look at these fives i mean stewart gaga chastain coleman kidman haim those are your five critics choice nominees we have two categories at the Golden Globes, Stuart, Gaga, Chastain, Goldman, Kidman out of drama, comedy or musical with Zegler, Haim, Lawrence, Cotillard, Stone. Sorry for the listing. There's no other way to do it there. So let's talk about some odds and let's talk about this category. Kristen Stewart, as a favorite, David, 8 to 15. How strong is that? Mike's been kind of 
theorizing about what he'd do and how he'd approach this category, and I probably agree with him. What do you think of her favoritism here? I mean, eight to fifteen is strong. That's it's nearly minus two hundred, so that that's strong. But I'll I'll be honest, it's 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 not as strong as I would expect. So in some UK books, she's one to three minus three hundred, and again, I would expect her to be more like one to six minus six hundred. I don't think she's as strong as some people are saying. Like I, I see a, 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 a road for, for another person to win this category, and I'm excited to tell you about that a little bit further down the line. But to, nice. answer, to answer your question, Stuart is very, very strong, but she's not bulletproof at those odds. No, she's not bulletproof, and, I mean, you could have the same argument. You could easily make the case of Glenn Close from The Wife a couple yeah. of years ago because it looks like Stuart... You might get the score in there, but there's a chance Stewart could be the lone nominee representing her film. Maybe costume design makes it mm-hmm. in. Maybe the strength of Stewart's performance. I, I agree. Yeah. Maybe the strength of Stewart's performance gets in a couple other categories, and that would be if, if Spencer on Oscars nominations day is in like three categories. I think lead actress is over. I think lead actress should be over anyway. And I'm more relieved to see this category kind of recorrect itself after the craziness that West Side Story introduced to everyone because it seems like Ziegler fell back to earth but what sticks out to me about the odds is that there's eight women right now with odds ranging from 10 to 1 to 20 to 1 and ninth on that list is last year's winner in Francis McDormand who's 25 to 1 so mm. amazing Stewart seems like a lock nom you have to call Lady Gaga a lock nom which yep. I did not think we would be saying at this point so that's two so we have it looks like three spots for what could be up to nine different women to compete over. So David, Lady Gaga's at seven to one. Just in terms of the, the rest of the field, like you're saying, you got two locks. Chastain's 10 to one from the eyes of Tammy Faye. She got choice and globe drama. Olivia Coleman's 10 to one as well. She got choice and globe drama uh, off the lost daughter there. Penelope Cruz got neither, and she's still 11 to 1. I'm very dismayed about that. I loved her performance in the uh, Parallel Mothers. Rachel Ziegler, 12 to 1. That's an enticing number from somebody who was atop the category in Feinberg's sure. list. She's now fifth. Nicole Kidman, 14 to 1 off being the Ricardos. He's uh, She's Feinberg's third choice Englobe drama nominees for Kidman, so she still had a strong showing. Comer's at 16 to 1, and Hudson's. And Haim are both at 20 to 1, with, like you said, Mike McDormand out of the tragedy of Macbeth at 25 to 1. So, David, it feels like this is an open race somewhat, and it's a crowded race to get nominated, I would say, yeah. which is how we like our lead actress categories, Mike. We love a great Absolutely. race and lead actress. We love talking about this category. So, what do you what do you look at in terms of these betting odds? Because... Kristen Stewart, it may not be her time, so to speak. Does she have to win this year? Mm. What, what, what do you think of these? the rest of the field? Well, the, the first thing to say is I think Kristen Stewart, from the performances that I've seen, sort of deserves it. I think she's the standout. I thought she was mesmerizing as uh, as Princess Diana. But I've got to say, who am I cheering for? It is Lady Gaga. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, good gentleman. She's currently 7 to 1, but I'm sitting on a nice 14 to 1. I go. had a I had I had a sprinkle at 14 to 1. And I'll tell you why, there is a narrative, particularly on the back of her astounding performance in A Star Is Born. She's an absolute superstar. She's going to add serious numbers to the viewing figures of the Academy Awards. Um, if you go on, if you go on Twitter, there's like 
a, you know, an, an insane Gaga army behind her. Like the little monsters. Strong... <laughs> 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 the monsters, definitely. There's definitely a, 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 a narrative for Gaga. And I just think, look, well, I might listen back to this episode in two or three months and Christian Stewart's like a huge short price favourite. But Mike One hit the nail on the head when he said, don't forget, Glenn Close was a huge heavy favourite on the night. Olivia Coleman was 6-1 to one second favourite on the night and she won. We saw the same thing happen to Chadwick Boseman. He was a heavy short price favourite and point. obviously got beaten by Anthony Hopkins um, at last year's awards. So these aren't bulletproof. And for me, I don't like betting at these short odds. I, I just think if you weigh in a, on, on Christian Stewart at 8 to 15, you've got to pay 150 bucks to win $80. You're going to be mm. shaking from now until March. <laughs> You're going to be sweating. You're going to be... Do you know what I mean? Whereas you can have a, a little a little sprinkle on Gaga, have a little bit of fun. I think she's a lot nomination, and I think she's fascinating, and I think... I, it depends on the precursors, but I can see her being three, four to one second favourite on the night, so I would take the seven to one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, any other long shot, you're just kind of... Anything above ten to one right now... You can make a case for any of them, at least based on how the odds are stacked. It seems safe to assume Gaga's going to make the field. Her odds aren't that much shorter than Jessica Chastain and Olivia Coleman, who are 10 to 1 and are in third and fourth place. But like Dave just kind of made the case, she's got a, you know, she's a known entity. She's been here before. Maybe she's already paid her dues in the Academy's eyes, especially the younger Academy, who's just been kind of beefed up in the last couple of years. I, there's nothing crazy about playing uh, Gaga's odds right now if you don't want to pay for the favorite with Kristen Stewart, which I tend to think like Dave does. I mean, why bother? I think the value's already been sucked out of it. I think Coleman and Stewart are neck and neck for me on my number one positioning on the year. So Olivia Coleman is actually the name that intrigues me most just based on... And I can't do anything else. I can, re I can look at this category like a critic. I can't like a gambler because I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground, but I know <laughs> the Academy loves themselves some Olivia Coleman. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm probably, I'll be honest. I'm probably staying away from this category. I'm not, I could be, it, I'm, but, I'm looking at the names. I could be talked into. If you wanted to tell me you were putting a hundred dollars on Chastain, I'd understand. I totally disagree with it, but I'd understand it. If you want to tell me you were doing a hundred dollars on Coleman, I totally Cruz, I totally understand Ziegler. I totally like Kidman. Comer is maybe where I draw the line. Because that would seemingly be a one-nomination movie. And I, if they're going to have a one-nomination movie, you would think Stewart's going to win it rather than Comer would. Yeah. But Alana Haim, right. even, if you wanted to put that 20 to 1, like, yeah, go for it. I get it. I like some of the names down the card, but it's it's hard to justify betting on any of the rest of the field. Jennifer Lawrence, 50 to 1. Cody Yard, we loved her in Annette, but 100 to 1. Emma Stone, 250 to 1. Cruella, I, I still want to see the costumes now come yeah. through for Cruella. Yeah, cool. Amelia Jones, I loved her in Coda. I'm glad she's getting a lot of love this award season. The Gotham's, the, uh, the, the she got a young actor, actress nomination mm -hmm. at the Choice Awards. Tessa Thompson, 40 to 1. I want more love for Tessa Thompson. She's Feinberg's 11th. She should be higher on a lot of people's lists. Halle Berry at a bruised 125 to 1. I thought she was good in the movie. The movie wasn't great. That's the problem. Renata Reinsve. I loved her in The Worst Person in the World. She might be a surprise nomination at the end of the day because I do think there's a cluster, but can you pick her to win? She's the can winner. Haley Bennett from Cyrano. Haven't seen that one yet. Feinberg 17th. Guys, any long shot 
intrigue you, David? Start with you. Um, I mean, Frances McDormand at 25 to 1. She doesn't seem to be getting much love in the early sort of precursors, but you can never rule out Frances McDormand. And I just want to reiterate what you said about Cruella. Like, for me, when I saw Cruella, that was my number one in costumes. I thought Emma Stone, by the way, I mean, I don't think she'll get nominated for an Oscar. She certainly won't win. But I thought Emma Stone was superb in Cruella. But Cruella in costumes, I'd love to see the odds on that. But no, I'm sticking with my Gaga at 7 to 1, well, 14 to 1. I'm trying to come up with a convincing case why I want to pick Amelia Jones. I'm like, well, you could have an upset in supporting actor. There, you know, it's clearly got a lot of love and a lot of different voting bodies. Even the HFPA is mm. behind it right now. I just, you know, we're still talking about something that's forty to one. So, mm. use your head if you're down this far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to make a joke about eating ice cream and sprinkles, but no, I'll, use, I'll be wise here. I won't. I won't get any people riled up out there about any more food or any more betting uh, scenarios. But look, I love the indie spirit female lead top five guys. We have Isabel Furman of the Novice. She was awesome in that. Very scary, a Black Swan type performance. Brittany S. Hall. I've praised her a couple times from Test Pattern. Patty Harrison was so cool and Together Together. Uh, we have Taylor Page from Zola. Mike, we loved her performance in Zola. She she carried that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, an incredible uh, turn for her. I don't know how she op- acted opposite Coleman Domingo in some of those scenes. He was he was scary. He was crazy. And then Callie Reyes, who's a fighter, who's a who's a boxer, was in Catch the Fair One. Mike, I reviewed this out of Tribeca. I love this five. It's so cool to see these Tribeca movies showing up at the Indie Spirits. Uh, none of them are getting nominated. <laughs> but if Annette can't uh, win she, Best Picture, and if House of Gucci doesn't win Best Picture, Zola should. <laughs> Zola is a cool ass pick for the indie spirits. I love the indie spirits. Gosh darn it! I I want to bet the indie spirits. Mm. I don't think that'll ever happen, but I love the indie spirits. Can't wait for them to be pushed up in awards season so we can actually feature them kind of on a different day, guys. But let's get into best actor and. Best actor could be a coronation at the end of the day. Uh, maybe not, but there is a strong crossover from the Critics' Choice Awards. 42 of the last 50 Oscar noms first got nominated at Choice. It did take them 65 overall nominations in the last 10 years to get there. So it's 84% or it's 64%, depending on what math you're dealing with. Let's look at the favorite, first of all. He's minus 200. He's 1-2. to two. Globe, Choice, NBR winner. Women's Film Critics Circle winner. Feinberg's number one, and that's Will Smith from King Richard. David, how strong a favorite is he? Is it worth betting the rest of the field because of his, you know, where he stands? Well, he's very, very similar odds to Christian Stewart, and so the answer is he's he's a strong favorite, but he could be shorter. Um, if I had to pick between Christian Stewart and Will Smith, which one I would bet on, uh, it would probably be Will Smith um, out of the two. Uh, I think he's a little bit stronger, and I suspect his line will shorten up. Um, very, very interesting um, odds there at minus two hundred. Again, not for me in terms of a, a you know a betting perspective. I'm probably going to sit this category out for now um, and and see what happens to those odds. But no, he's he's pretty solid. He's he's way out in front. You know, he's burning rubber. Um, like that van in Nomadland, and he's he, he's he's the one they've got to catch. But there are some really interesting uh, sort of contenders and odds just in behind. Yeah, there are a, a lot of interesting options in this category. If you're going to tie yourself to one of them, I think you kind of have to play a narrative game with any of them, though. 
I mean, le- yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch, notwithstanding, I could, I could see Cumberbatch winning that outright, but like anything below Cumberbatch, I, I would think you'd have to like, oh, maybe Tick Tick Boom lands a couple surprise nominations, and that's how Garfield pulls the upset. Maybe, maybe Macbeth is is doing, you know, it's a long shot in all these categories, but it's still like twenty five to one, thirty three to one. That means it has some respect. Maybe you think it could slip in, and maybe people are just waiting for it to to pounce. Maybe Bradley Cooper, Peter Dinklage. I talked about those before with Best Picture already. Like. I think you got to kind of talk yourself, convince yourself into a narrative right now to have anything other than Will Smith, if not Benedict Cumberbatch, who's sitting in the the second position right now. Yeah. So let's talk about that next wave. Cumberbatch is atop of it. Nine to one odds. Got a Globe drama and a choice uh, selection. Seven wins thus far. He's a critical darling, uh, more so than Will Smith. Feinberg's number three. Andrew Garfield of Tick Tick Boom, twelve to one odds. Seven to two. Seven to two in one book, as David notates here. For me, he's a Globe comedy or musical pick. He's a Critics' Choice pick. Feinberg's number two. Mr. Scott is very high on him. Denzel got both. Last weekend from the Macbeth 12 to 1 Globe and Choice, Globe Drama, that is. Peter Dinklage was the other actor to get both 18 to 1 Globe Comedy or Musical and the Choice. He won in Detroit. Detroit loved Cyrano. Feinberg's number seventh. Otherwise, guys, we have Cooper from Nightmare Alley at 16 to 1. Feinberg's 10th. We have DiCaprio, who got a Globe Comedy or Musical. Cooper got no- neither. DiCaprio still got one from the Globes, not the Choice. And Javier Bardem is another big name, Globe drama pick. Mahershala Ali, Globe drama pick. Nicolas Cage, choice pick. So those are the other guys that got nominated that have betting odds right now. Look, let's talk about the first wave before we get to the second wave. The first wave, Cumberbatch, Garfield, Washington, Cooper, Dinklage, DiCaprio, David. Any of those names? I mean, at at 9-1, to Cumberbatch? Interesting, you know, Cumberbatch's Cumberboo is a is a very interesting um, selection at nine to one. But I've got to I've got to be honest, it's it's Andrew Garfield at twelve to one, and the fact that he's seven to two in one book means that mm. one particular bookmaker has obviously seen a substantial amount of money come onto him. They've shortened that lineup, but Andrew Garfield mm. was thirty three to one. A few weeks ago. So he has come down in the betting 12 to 1. I think if you like Andrew Garfield's performance in Tick Tick Boom, as I do, I think it's it's an interesting price, 12 to 1. I think that line will only get shorter. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in behind Will Smith as second favourite. Look, Peter Dinklage, I'd love to see that happen, 18 to 1. Um, DiCaprio at 20 to 1. You know, you a bookmaker has to be gutsy to have DiCaprio at that price you know have DiCaprio at 20 to 1 at your peril because you know I think he's he's fantastic and then of the rest Mahershala Ali comes in at 50 to 1 you know again for Swan Song he's he's getting a little bit of love there so it's it's a fascinating betting market but for me Andrew Garfield at 12 to 1 is is where I'd be interested in in having a little sprinkle there you go Mike uh, DiCaprio was so much better in two movies that I know you're still furious about him losing for in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Wolf of Wall Street. Then he wasn't Don't Look Up, just FYI, but he's still very good. Yeah, but if he breathes on screen, like, he shouldn't be 20 to 1. He should be 10 to 1 at worst. He's Leonardo DiCaprio. And, and, you know, I I guess the 20 to 1 odds there are, if he's got no shot to do it, then, yeah, there's some bookmaker that's going to, 
hope to reel you in with that. Mm. But still, I mean, I yeah, I, I, Dave's absolutely right. You gotta breathe deeply to offer those kinds of odds with somebody like Leo DiCaprio. I mean, I guess you're gonna we're gonna say in a little bit that Meryl Streep kind of has a similar thing going, but that's 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 out there. Um, I don't. Garfield makes sense. I don't know that I would be talked off of anything other than Ben Benabil. I, I think Cumberbatch would be my my uh, my guy yeah. to kind of where I would put my money for a long shot in this category. Wow. So yeah, that makes sense. That's that's a pretty. It's almost the David Price. I mean, you guys have been around ten to one mm-hmm. that uh, prices that you like thus far. Both of you are speaking similarly, which is scaring Veterans. me very <laughs> much. <laughs> But okay, so we're we're on Cumberbatch, we're on Garfield. If if not for Smith, let's look at the next or the final wave of long shots. Adam Driver, House of Gucci, fifty to one. Joaquin Phoenix, twenty five to one. Mahershala Ali got the Globe Drama nom, nom out of Swan Song, which was really cool to see, fifty to one. And Nicolas Cage, can you imagine wow. from Pig? <laughs> Nicolas Cage at eighty to one. Otherwise, uh, Anthony Ramos. Shout out to him from In the Heights. I was very high on his performance in In the Heights. Feinberg's twentieth. Uh, Oscar Isaac of the Card Counter is someone to mention. Any of those long shots? I keep asking the same question here, David, but I, I do think I do think it's interesting because some of these are huge names, mm. huge names, multiple Oscar, multiple time Oscar winners in some cases. Any any sprinkling? I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think I, I don't think so. I think look, Will Smith. If if you're going to put Will Smith on your ballot, you're probably going to win. Um, I just don't think he's attempting price at minus 200. But I think the the case might one made for Benedict Cumberbatch is um, very compelling. I've made a little case there for Andrew Garfield. I don't think you can sprinkle anywhere bigger. I have to say, Nicolas Cage, 80 to 1. I, I haven't seen Pig, but I've heard things about it. And people have really been pushing for Cage. I, you know, it, w- it would be fascinating to see him gain a bit of momentum leading up to the Oscar noms. Dave mentioned Mahershala before. I mean, we're recording this on the 15th. I think uh, I think Swan Song is in theaters on the 17th or it drops on Apple TV yeah. on the 17th. Or maybe it's doing both. I don't remember. But just because nobody's seen it yet and it is Mahershala Ali and that is kind of a surprise nomination for him to get there at the Globes. If you're desperate to do something with a long shot, a super long shot. I think that's where I'd lead. I could make maybe the same argument for Bardem, although it seems like uh, being the Ricardos is kind of being not received too great uh, in that respect. Mm. So, Yeah, he's got the scandal yeah. not being Cuban either. Yeah, that's true. Not a scandal. It's just, you know, it's it's a bad look for the movie, for Sorkin. It's, it's, it's frustrating a lot of people out there, even though he is good in the movie. It's unfortunate. Let's talk about two more categories quick in terms of best actor because it brings up some possibilities for that surprise nomination. And the biggest name in this list is Jude Hill from Belfast. He's Feinberg's fifth, and he leads the uh, best young actor or actress category at the Choice Awards. Cooper Hoffman's also very intriguing out of Licorice Pizza, son of Philip Seymour. Feinberg's 18th. Woody Norman is great, but I think he's eligible for supporting actor We'll talk about him in a second. Come on, come on. And then otherwise rounding out that category, Amelia Jones, Sanaya Sidney, and Rachel Ziegler. Rachel Ziegler getting this nomination instead of lead actress out of the choice, which is fascinating. No Millicent Simmons, Mike. That's That's a bummer. That's a real shame. But who would you bump? I mean, it's a great category, a great year for young actors. I don't know. Ziegler. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, listen to our last episode, <laughs> folks. All right. Uh, the Spirit Awards, male lead, another really cool category. I love some of these performances uh, that I've seen. I haven't seen all of them yet, but Clifton Collins Jr. from Jockey. Mike, you won't see that, but you should. Absolutely not. Great movie. Never existed. No. A great performance in a very strong horse film. Uh, Frankie Faison, The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. He co-won the Gotham Award, Feinberg's 22nd. Michael Gray Eyes was awesome in Wild Ending, which uh, premiered at uh, Tribeca, excuse me. Udo Kier, Swan Song. That just came on. This is the other Swan Two Song. It just came on Hulu. Got to watch this one. This was uh, something we missed at South by but I think the name that I'm surprised has not come up as much is Simon Rex. He's a spirit in that Spirit 5 of Red Rocket. I thought he was really good, he, even though his character is despicable. Although, uh, finally, to round out these other names that I want to see more attention drawn to, Adil Akhtar of Ali and Ava. He's the BIFA winner. Hidetoshi Nishijima of Drive My Car. He won the Boston Society of Film Critics Best Actor. Again, Drive My Car. Beloved in some circles, critic circles, literally. And Filippo Scotti, <laughs> the hand of God. I can't wa- wait to watch that. Andrew's sending me text messages about, you know, uh, menus that Netflix <laughs> is sending out about the food from Naples in the hand of God. I can't wait to watch that movie. So, guys, we're not betting on any of these names, but any 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 names you want to draw attention to out of these other nominations? Um, the only thing I would say is Clifton Jones Jr. I've heard really good things about jockey, and I'm a, I'm a big horse racing fan as as the gambling degenerate that I am. Um, so I love my horse racing. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing jockey. Um, but like you said, there's there's some incredible performances there, some some really interesting names, uh, and it's just a fascinating category. Yeah, uh, nothing specifically jumping out. Nothing I would uh, I would spend money on. But it's nice to see that this the two lead categories are so deep with so many good performances this year. That's kind of cool. Well, I'm glad we're doing some deep dives here. We'll speed up a little bit, heading into supporting actress, which has become a slugfest. And I love this, Mike. We got some names that we really like in this category: the Globe and the Choice. Thankfully, only have one category apiece, so we can actually talk about some crossover in the noms. Balf, DeBose, Dunst, Anjanu Ellis got choice noms and globe noms. So the fifth uh, is uh, Ruth Nega at the Golden Globes out of passing. And Dowd and Rita Morena got five and six at the Critics' Choice Awards. So let's talk about the favorite. Ariana DeBose, David, out of West Side Story. Mike and I both just praised her performance mm-hmm. 11 to four. She is followed closely in, in this instance by Katrina Balfe at three to one Kirsten Dunst of the power of the dog, four to one Anjanu Ellis from King Richard at four to one. How do you like that top four, David? Um, the first thing to say is Ariana DeBose has really shortened up in the betting. She was like double digits, 10, 12 to one. As soon as the film came out, she was shortened straight into five to one. And then once wow. these once these awards nominations came out, she came into 11 to four. So I monitor these betting lines very, very closely. And Mike One will tell you, you know, 11, 12 to one into 11 to four. You can't ignore that. In terms yeah. of the performance, she's my number one at the moment i think 11 to 4 is a great price and it would really really interest me it's uh it's quite the dichotomy looking at the favorite of this one versus the favorite of the league categories let's say because 11 to 4 is basically i mean i think that's what plus 275 it's basically three plus 300 which is what katrina balf is 
plus 400 is what Kirsten Dunst and Anjanu Ellis is. This went from a category where we were talking about, like, well, there could be up to 20 possibilities to now it looks like there's one mm-hmm. slot open. Because if you have the HFPA wow. and you have the Critics' Choice having four of the same five, and Vegas is agreeing that those four are the top four, uh, it, it looks like we're shaping up to have these four be, and they're four names that we do keep talking about in the past couple months, DeBose, Balf, Dunst, Ellis. Those are four that have been aligned with this category time after time. So this went from something that could have been wide, wide open, and it is still wide open as far as who's going to win, because I do think it's a legitimate race between all four of those women. Uh, but it went from who's going to be nominated to maybe we might have one slot left open now for the Ann Dowds, Rita Morenos, and Ruth Negas of the world. Mm. I love this race so much, too, because it could potentially be five first-time Oscar nominees. Very cool. Uh, even even with the careers that they've had that, that, that we love. Uh, Anjanou Ellis has broken through on the, the TV Academy side, not yet with the Film Academy. But Ann Dowd, she's 13-2 to two, uh, out of Mass. I think she's probably still my number one. It's close with a couple of these uh, names uh, and performances, but the, the field has shortened. I, I she took an early lead for me. Critics' Choice nomination for Dowd, Rita Moreno nine to one. Critics' Choice nomination for her out of West Side Story. Kate Blanchett, no nomination. Ten to one though out of Nightmare Alley. Ruth Nega fourteen to one. Uh, again, big names getting odds that are in the ballpark, guys. Marley Matlin sixteen to one. That next batch seems to be in striking distance, at least by the numbers I mean, from what we've been talking about. These are not absurd odds. Judy Dench, 25 to 1. That's far coming from Belfast. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson from Dune, 33 to 1. I wish she would get more momentum. I love don't her. Don't sleep Just, on that. Don't sleep on her and her. don't sleep on Dune. I mean, I don't think Dune's going to win Best Picture, but I think Dune's going to have a shitload of noms. Mm. Meryl Streep, the last name of this list. Of course, we have to talk about Meryl Streep. She is a battle axe. She's a battle axe and don't look up. She's funny. She's got some scenes. She's got a weird performance. I really liked it from Don't Look Up There. David, any of that next wave intrigue you for the win? Because I I mentioned at the top, four potential first timers Mm. in the category so who could be a favorite name might come surging from the outside lane i mean from the outside lane looking in i think judy dench at 25 to 1 is interesting um you know rule her out at your peril you know meryl streep 33 to 1 if the bookmakers were offering odds on meryl streep to be nominated it would be very short because the the academy the academy just love her so Look, would I be shocked if Meryl Streep got nominated? You know, you're never shocked if Meryl Streep got nominated. Mike made a great point, you know, Mike won there, that the odds in this are very, very open. So you, potentially you can make some good money here, but it is risky because, yes, it looks like we've got f- potentially four categories sewn up with the Globe and the Choice having the same. But no, it's it's a tough one. I, I think I'm sticking with with the favorite here, Ariana DeBose at eleven to four. I think that's good value. If you take Ariana DeBose, you have to root against Rita Marino being nominated, right? <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah looking at past winners, yeah. Because if those two performances are there, they, I mean that's just inviting cannibalization. Yeah. And Rita Marino, for as great as Ariana DeBose's performance was, Rita Marino has the far superior narrative in terms of the Oscars history she can make. I like how we use zombie terminology instead of just like vote sharing. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're no, just like it's cannibalization. apocalyptic. <laughs> We've done this too long. 
We're still using the just like the hardcore Walking Dead. Thing. Um, as, as far as a, it's not a long shot, but I, I, I like Ann Dowd's odds still. Mm. I think Mass is very much to me like um, Coda in that it's just it, it's not something that'll ever go away this year, and it has its supporters, mm-hmm. and people really liked it, and everyone that likes it has good things to say about it. Is that enough for for Ann Dowd to you know upset and win this category? Probably not, but it's not like she's a new on the scene actress either. I mean, she's somebody that everybody knows. Fascinating uh, case, Ann Dowd and Mass and Martha Plimpton, etc. Martha Plimpton, where is she in all this? It's it's unfortunate, but all right. Other names that I do want to draw attention to because I love this category this year. I love supporting actresses. Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter. She she got a spirit nom. We have Gabby Hoffman from Come On, Come On. She's very high on my list. Sanaya Sidney was awesome in King Richard. I mentioned her yeah, choice nom. Catherine Hunter was scary oh, yeah. good in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Playing a human crow. <laughs> Great voice. I'm so glad she won the New York Film Critics Circle. That's such a cool pick. Uh, Nina Arianda is very good in being the Ricardo. She might have the most Sorkin scenes in that movie, which I I, I really loved. Uh, I loved a lot of those back and forth dialogue scenes with her involved. Dakota Johnson's also great in The Lost Daughter. I'm a huge fan of the performances in that movie. And speaking of the spirit noms, Buckley from The Lost Daughter, Forsyth from The Novice. I love Amy Forsyth in The Novice. Ruth Nega from Passing, Ravika Russell from Pleasure, and Susanna Sun. She was, she was very good in Red Rocket, even though her character, oh my God, just thinks about that movie. <laughs> They're great. It's a it's a well made movie. It's incredibly well made, and it's about this the worst character in the world. Even though it's a, you know the guy Sean Baker can make movies, no no doubt about it. But l- let's move into supporting actor. Uh, we'll probably cut it here, guys. I think we have couple more categories from down the card that we can well this is the most important category next week anyway i mean this is that's true i care about so little in the oscars race other than watching waluigi win this category (laughs) (laughs) but these odds too are i love these odds. like it's these odds are crazy so all right let's talk about the crossover though choice and globe in terms of what lines up we have four different actors got both jamie dornan Kieran Hines, both from Belfast, Troy Kotzer, Cody Smith McPhee from Coda and The Power of the Dog, respect, respectively. We have Jared Leto getting a choice nom and J.K. Simmons, who was awesome in being the Ricardos, getting a choice. So those are your choice six. And then we have uh, Ben Affleck from The Tender Bar. If there was a weird Golden Globe pick, that's the one. That makes sense. The big star. <laughs> uh, but all right. Three to one, Kieran Hines and Cody McPhee. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee. Four to one. Mr. Jared Spaghetti Leto. Let's go. As David notes, thanks for making all these uh, (laughs) headlines. You know, thanks for helping me with the Google document here, David. Uh, Jamie Dorman, Dornan, six to one. Troy Kotzer, six to one. Ben Affleck, that other name that I mentioned, he's all the way down 14 to one. So, of the guys who got nominated, David, this is the most wide open category to me, and Vegas odds seem to reflect that. What do you, who do you like? This is not only wide open, this is absolutely terrifying because going into (laughs) the nominations, Gerard Leto was the four to one favorite. So he he gets the (laughs) Critics' Choice nomination. He misses the Golden Globe nomination, but he stays four to one. What does Vegas know? 
What do they know? And why is Jared Leto one of the favourites in this category? Be terrified, folks. If you did not like Jared Leto's performance, I will say on air, he is getting an Oscar nomination and he is a player at four to one. Um, it's terrifying. You know the scene in Anger Management where Adam Sandler like looks back to Jack Nicholson at the table at the restaurant and Jack Nicholson just has that wide-eyed grin and he's like shaking <laughs> his head in slow motion. <laughs> like, that's me with these odds right now. I, yeah, I, I don't see how Jared Leto at this point, much like Lady Gaga, I don't see how they escape nomination. Um, I think that'll be hilarious. I don't know that I like it serious, the performance seriously or not. I know it's quite polarizing. I think it might get people to watch. I think it might get people to not watch as well if they know that that performance is nominated. But we saw, like, Leto has this power over voting bodies. And we saw it just last year, again, with the, his performance in The Little Things and how people thought that that might, that even ended up shortening odds towards the end of Oscars Sunday and Oscars nominations day. It was, it was crazy. I, I, I want so badly... For him to win, and if he does win, Al Michaels should be on the call, and he should just replay what he said during the 1980 Winter Olympics. Like, do you believe in miracles? It'll be the happiest I've ever been doing this podcast. Oh, boy. I love it. I, I, I love it, and I hate you for it, both at the same time. And I, this the Radio Raheem dichotomy of this show... That uh, hopefully people, if they got mad at us for West Side Story takes, at least they they hate listened and enjoyed it. We uh, we tried to be fair, but we were whatever. We are what we are, and your Leto takes just they. I, I'm like every time you say them, I just he I, needs I, to I, show I up dressed as his character from House of Gucci. Like he, that's the only way he can accept the award. He needs to show up and deliver pieces. <laughs> Uh, up front with that accent and that that's what he should do he's the he's the pizza guy uh, uh the, 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 just absurd. the only in all seriousness again i said it at an earlier but like robin de jesus getting absolutely no love i think is a crime i'm not the biggest fan of yeah, tick tick sucks. boom but he was great in that movie well l- let's start to talk about the rest of the field i love troy kotzer at six to one by the way like i thought last year they were ready for the paul racy narrative to go with the critics the fact that he got the nomination was right on for me again i'm seeing a wide open category kieran hines is the elder statesman where i could see them wanting to give him an award after such an incredible career dornan's young but kotzer's got that it just seems like this fairy tale story and he's been in the business so long and he's so great in Coda that I was all about it and he gives the greatest speeches but okay Mike Face from West Side Story 9 to 1 Richard Jenkins from The Humans Mike I've tried to watch The Humans four times already I failed four times He's been sticking times. around Richard Jenkins in this conversation and I've heard nothing I, about it, The Humans Like it it showed up on Showtime nobody yeah. saw it I I keep trying to watch it it's so boring early I'm going to stick with it cuz I've heard some you know Neglia people I trust really like the movie in terms of their reviews I'm gonna watch the, the the humans, but okay. John Barenthal from King Richard, sixteen to one. Jason Isaacs, I say it ain't so. Twenty to one out of mass. I th- he's probably my number one in terms of just pure being a, a movie critic and rankings there, power rankings for me. Bradley Cooper, twenty to one, even with the limited screen, screen time out of Licorice Pizza. Maybe that's a legacy pick. You know, Amy Smith is campaigning, we know. Jesse Plemons, 33 to 1. Mm. I love his character in that movie, The Power of the Dog. Al Pacino, are you fucking kidding me? 50 to 1. <laughs> Some Gucci. Al Pacino has one Oscar. Jared Leto is going to win his second with this performance. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> David, please save save this conversation, supporting actor. I I I, I can't save this conversation, <laughs> and I'm going to say this: if Jared Leto is nominated and loses, he has to go up on the stage and say, "It's a me." <laughs> Paolo, how could you? <laughs> he goes full Kanye in character. I would, yeah. He will. I would love he comes it. No, he in, will. in the bald cap and everything. He has to do it. No, <laughs> I'd love to see it. To save the conversation, I think Troy Kotzer at six to one, I thought his performance was fantastic. I'd love to see him nominated for an Oscar. And I think six to one is a fair price. This is an amazing category. If you want to really study a, cat- a category, have a look at this one because there is loads of value mm-hmm. from a betting perspective. Yeah, I agree with that. I would, barring David's logic for before, why you would bet on Spielberg uh, for director versus why you would bet West Side Story for picture, uh, you could make the same, a similar argument for Mike Feist at 9-1 to one there. If you think West Side Story is going to be a big power player, uh, that's that's might be where I put my money in terms of uh, sprinkling something right now, but... I would I would liquidate my house and all the assets I own to put it on Jared Leto just to feel something for once oh, in my wow. life. <laughs> just to oh, feel wow. alive. Just to feel alive, man. Let it ride, baby. <laughs> J.K. Simmons, like I mentioned, being the Ricardos, Ben Affleck, Tender Bar, Woody Norman, come on, come on, Jonah Hill, don't look up, David Alvarez, West Side Story. We just don't sleep on his. Jonah Hill Robin. making the nomination field here. He's funny as shit in that movie. Mm. Darn it. Uh, Robin DeJesus, like you said, Mike. And then the spirit noms. Coleman Domingo, Zola. He's Feinberg's 15. Miko Gattuso, Queen of Glory. Troy Kotzer, Coda. Will Patton, Sweet Thing. Chasky Spencer, Wild Indian. Very good performance, the latter there that I saw. This is a wide open category. Yeah. I wonder if we're getting surprise noms. I know we got really cool names with great performances. That are all neck and neck for me, Mike. I'm not going to lie. That last group of names, I like a lot of those names in my fives. So any any standouts for you, David, before Mike bring us home? Well, the interesting thing is Ben Affleck was 18 to 1 into 14 to 1. You could, you know, that's an that's an interesting narrative for the tender bar. And just to highlight one other market mover, Cody Smith McPhee was 11 to 2. He's into 3 to 1 joint favorite. Um, but from the outside looking in, um, I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm just looking forward to Jared Leto at the Oscars. All right. I, 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 I really am. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love, you know, we have legitimately deep categories for all four acting categories. Now, I don't know that we necessarily have wide open categories because it, if you look at the odds, you know, we have some pretty entrenched favorites right now and it looks like it might come down between one and two people for a couple of them. This one I do think is genuinely wide open because, I, I mean, who the hell knows? So that's kind of fun mm. in its own right. As far, you know, I, I said I would, I would think Mike Feist. I don't know that I would put anything on Richard Jenkins. Bradley Cooper? I... I, I've seen, mm. If you want to go with the narrative that Licorice Pizza is going to blow everyone away and the NBR is on to something and you're going to bet Licorice Pizza, and you're going to bet PTA for director, you're going to bet Alana Heim at 20-1 to 1, and just you play all those long shots hoping to hit one of them, mm. if you have the capital to do it, I don't think that's the craziest idea in the world. I like long shots in this category. <laughs> if you're going to bet long shots, might as well be this category, right? No, yeah, you should bet Leto in this category. Do the right thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, Lord, help us. 
Guys, this was a lot of that fun. Was... We had so much fun that we we didn't get to all the categories, but it works out well for us, Mike. Our next Oscar race checkpoint is about the Oscar shortlist, so we'll be able to talk through the rest of the categories. And we've done this in past years where we kind of break the Critics' Choice and Golden Globe nominations into two reaction shows. But I, I needed this deep dive, David. I thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Your hmm. episodes at Is It Worth It are always deep dives. They're yeah. always something that, like, so th- this was like the perfect... Uh, vehicle podcast vehicle for you we did a big show when we did no time to die last yeah we did a big show your first time can't hear you got to come back for another one so please remind all our listeners where they can find your show where they can find your uh where they can find you on social media that is and and thanks again for coming man the first thing to say is I'm a huge fan of the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute blast talking betting odds. In terms of where you can find me on Twitter, it's at one David Long, or you can follow mine and Craig's podcast at Film Is Worth It. And just to let you guys know, my series Road to the Oscars yes. is coming back. Um, in January, it's going to kick off with a deep dive analysis of Best Picture with YouTuber and Oscars pundit Max Joseph. I've then got Andrew Morgan from the Nomcast coming Ooh. on. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> the great Andrew Morgan from the Nomcast. We're going to study the Netflix um, categories. My brother, Andrew Long, actor and podcaster. We're going to look at the actors. Uh, Amy Smith's coming on to do director. And then hopefully, you may have heard of them, Mike, Mike and Oscar. <laughs> might pop on to to look at the Oscar nominations. So do keep an eye out for Road to the Oscars. You'll see all our links. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you, buddy. Really looking forward to all that. Love your show. Love uh, spending time with you and having you hang out and and shoot the shit Mm. here and try to degrade Mike's wallet (laughs) and just try to turn him into a degenerate like you and I. You're really a guy after my own heart. Um, As always, dear listener, what's most important? uh, Once you're done giving us a five-star review giving david a five-star review we want to hear your thoughts if you can reach out to us leave us your thoughts about anything we talked about in this episode or anything we do here in the mmo universe you can leave us those on our social medias we are mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit michael uh did you tell the good people what's coming next i might have blacked out for a little bit but if not let's have some words of wisdom anyway so what what's actually coming next next is a Spider-Man No Way Home review. I know Mike, it's one of your most anticipated movies since we started this podcast. So we're going to tackle that baby next. I don't know if we're going to do Nightmare Alley in the following episode or the the one after that. Do you that, think Emma Stone we, we got... shows up as Venom in the Spider-Man movie? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> she gets that moment. Uh, the, there's a multiverse theory, and it was very funny, uh, David and Craig, talking about multiverse theory that you, you mentioned as a little Easter egg today in your last episode of the, from the London Film Festival. But yeah, there's mm. obviously multiverse playing in a big way, which I can't wait to see. So we are going to review Spider-Man No Way Home, Nightmare Alley at some point. Don't look up being the Ricardos at some point. I don't know how we're working it all in, but we will touch on it. We're going to eat a licorice pizza. We're going to see a licorice pizza. We're going to review a licorice pizza. That's that's also happening. Mike and I are just arm in arm, ready to ready to just feast. I'm hungry, I'm by the way. They were recording this. up if you keep pitching that visual to me. That sounds like the most disgusting well, thing. P- come on, pizza, licorice. What's not to like? Uh, They're both great. I mean, it's like the it's not the friend's trifle. It's it's sweet and savory. It's what are we? It's not, I'm not Joey Tribbiani here. This is not gonna. This is gonna work. 
This is going to be good. I'm going to force I'm you. Swear to I'm God. going to force you to eat it. <laughs> you don't have oh, to force anything. Buy me a pizza. Buy me a, a stack of oh, Twizzlers. My God. I will eat it. It's happening. All right. David, thank you yes, again. The words of wisdom. Follow David Long at, at his social medias. And, and, and David, you know, one more sign off, man. I really appreciate it. It's a me, Paolo. <laughs> How could you? It was my year for the Oscar. There you go. <laughs> I'll leave you with that. It's perfect. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it was perfect. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come get ready for the Oscars by reviewing the odds with us and our friends. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.